Hey there, listeners. I just want to leave a quick note at the start here. If you recall our last episode, we chose Arcade Fire as one of our albums to discuss this week. Um, we're really behind on editing these things, and uh, we recorded this before any allegations came out about Wynn Butler. So I just wanted to make a quick note about that in case you're wondering why there's no mention of, uh, of that while we're speaking. And with that note out of the way, let's get started. Dude, 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 this song closed. We gotta change it. Time for a zero check. Oh no, that's even worse. I couldn't cut it. Greetings, listeners. Welcome to another fun and exciting episode of the Zero Check. Uh, my name is Craig, as always, and I'm joined by Stephen, Richard, and Michael. We've got another fantastic four albums for you this evening. We have Blue Man Group's The Complex, Funeral by The Arcade Fire, The Hamilton Mixtape, and Power Station by Corey Wong. A very eclectic mix this episode. Nice to An see. An album in which there is no Wikipedia page. <laughs> Steve is lost. There's no reference it's material. Too I'm gonna, it's too new. I have to remember what I heard. <laughs> Wait, which one? The the, uh, the Corey Wong one? Yeah. Corey Wong was a lot of fun. Or he's not or he's not popular enough for somebody to write a page on him. One of the two. <laughs> he has an artist page, but I guess like his albums, yeah, don't have individual pages. Well, it's a pretty new album. It, that's true. <laughs> and also, maybe they don't have individual pages. That's true. I, also I, find... We need to find a Corey Wong super fan to put one up. I've also been finding in the past couple of years, as streaming's been getting more and more ubiquitous, that... Um, Wikipedia documentation for albums is starting to tank. Mm. At least with like the um, the metal bands that I'll look up on, like yeah, maybe five six years ago you would get fairly detailed Wikipedia pages for things, and now it's no. Like only you can fix this. Wikipedia is something you can edit. This is true. You, you can need donate to make it happen. and you and you can edit and fix do true. stuff. You can be you can be super metal album guy. Problem is, there is a different website that is just for that. So I think all the metal fans use that instead oh. of Wikipedia now. Whoopsie. Metalpedia. Yeah. Way <laughs> to splinter the site. Splinter the audience. This is like how Discord replaced like game FAQs and dis- and message boards. So now all knowledge is e- ephemeral and no one records anything anymore. So I think since we started talking about Corey Wong, do we want to go with that one first? Sure. It was Corey sure. Wong. All right. So Wait, Corey right. Wong was my choice. <laughs> that doesn't have to make sense. Steve just says things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, he does. So Corey Wong's a American um, funk jazz guitarist. He's put out a whole bunch of albums in the last several years, uh, like a prodigious amount of albums. He's played with many bands. He's played with Wolfpack and various other jazz and funk acts. Uh, and he put out this new album last year. I think it was late May it came out. Uh, it's pretty fun. What do you guys think? Craig got thumbs some, up, you got some thumbs up from Craig? 
Yeah, he, he, he muted the... himself because there's a dog barking. Yeah. No, that wasn't that wasn't Hank. I muted myself because oh. I was drinking. Um, no, that was that was my dog. Oh, there's always a See, dog. Mike, from the beginning of the show, don't get a dog. If you have a dog, <laughs> I don't know, give it away or something. Who knows? Does Hank want? Does Hank want a friend? <laughs> no. No, Hank would be upset about that. Only Hank, it's like the Highlander. Only Hank is allowed. There could be only one Hank. Yes, only one dog in this household Com- commands complete attention. Um, especially the last third of this album is really fun. Once it makes a like very sudden stylistic turn into country and just kind of like chill jams. Yeah, I I chill jams country, is a good word but... for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some. Uh, I like direct flight. It's direct flight that really pulls me in. Yeah, and all, all the tracks after mm-hmm. that are, are are really with, tight. Yeah, with with Victor Road Wooten. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, like amazing bassist Victor Wooten. That's a great. That impressed track. me too. Victor Wooten's been around for a long time, so for Corey Wong to pull him in is whoa. Corey Wong has gotten some cred. I guess he knows everyone at this point in time. This is also true. The Bella Fleck guy, the banjo dude. Billy Strings, like is that the guy's real name? Billy Strings. Yeah, he, he's born to Irma and uh, Joseph Strings, <laughs> the Westchester Strings. There we go. <laughs> or not? Oh my goodness! Just like Big Wild, his his yeah. mom and dad, uh, you know, Josephine and uh, and you know Vincent Wild. <laughs> they decided to name their kid Big because he was big. <laughs> oh, I like this album a lot. I, I I was having a lot of fun with it, and, and I listened to it um, after um, I had listened through Arcade Fire, and so it had a <laughs> very different feel to it. Um, very different. I was having fun with the 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 funk on it. A uh, couple of tracks had jumped out at me. Um, I thought Crisis was really cool. Um, and there was one, uh, there was a girl singer. Uh, was it uh, Every Time I Look at You is the name of the track. And, and I was like, this got a nice right. pop, a, a nice pop sound to it. I really, I, I, I kind of dug it. Um, I agree about the last third of the album. It was just like, oftentimes the, an album will kind of like trail off near the end. You're assuming that people are going to be listening. But, uh, you know, there's definitely good stuff all the way through. Like, I say I really enjoyed Direct Play. I thought it was a great tune. I really liked Road Trip. I, I like. I I actually feel like I'm on a friggin' road trip when I listen to that song. I'm like in the car and I'm listening to it. and I'm like, yeah, it's happy and bouncy. It is. It's such a good, it's such a fun tune. That's a long one too. It's like six and a half minutes too. Oh, yeah, it just keeps going. It's. I mean. You know, road trip. Road trip. Long road trip. Yeah. You're not just going down to the the corner store to buy. You know. a some some candy or something, yeah. It's it's a, it's a full thing. You're going to come back, or yeah. if you're really adventurous, New Brunswick. You gotta go through Quebec for that, or you can go <laughs> down and around. But that seems really roundabout. Um, no, I, I liked it. Like road trip over the mountain. Um, I direct flight. Uh, even Power Station was a good tune. It was a, it was a good start to the the album. You know, oh, yeah. that's those first tracks to draw you in. Just a minute's a great song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, I I want less lyrics. Ah. 
Yeah. Like I was, it was the songs with the lyrics were for fine. They were okay, but yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like I feel like they weren't leaning into their strengths. I want more yeah. horns and more banjo and more like I don't know <laughs> clarinet. Like what? Yes. Lots of random crap. In there. Damn it! Give me some clarinet. I want an oboe. Give me an oboe, oboe. A washboard and a jug. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't quite washboard and jug. It's this isn't Huckleberry Finn making music. Like <laughs> although, although if Corey Wong is listening to this episode, you know his next album may have washboard and jug. If you want to make a hillbilly album, Corey Wong, <laughs> I'd listen to it. I want to see what you can do. Eggs in for the hillbilly. You don't seem like a hillbilly to me, but Craig wants you to take that left Just turn. So- yeah. Watched a lot of monster trucks and tractables yeah. when I was a kid. Uh, and he just got back from Calgary, right? So that that's a different kind of hillbilly. We don't talk about that. It's a good album. It's a good joke. This say, is one of those ones we came into blind, right? Because you'd never heard mm-hmm. it before we started this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe a good thing to add to this is like. We'll obviously we'll try and have a little snippet of music from the album before our discussion. But for people who want to check this out, Richard, what is this like? Like if you, if you had to give like two or three other artists to give people a reference point of like, you know, if you like these other people, this might be up your alley too. Can you think of anything like that? Uh, well, I mean, I'd say Wolfpack, but Corey Wong does some performing with them too. So, um, mm-hmm. It the early the early songs I would say sound a lot like not so much like seventies funk but more like nineties Japanese funk, but not Japanese. Ooh, is that a is that a genre? Yeah, nineties <laughs> um, Japanese funk. That's yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, eighties and nineties. Yeah. I I was introduced to it by my nephew uh, a couple of years ago. It's pretty mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Random. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else I would. I would recommend because the only other stuff I listen to like this is Wolfpack and whatever Spotify throws into my playlist after Wolfpack starts stops playing. I mean, honestly, like some of those songs were pure jazz. They were. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Mm. the ones where they're all like alternately soloing. Like. Yeah. a hundred percent jazz so and not like old school jazz like Mm -hmm. newer jazz that i generally hate but i didn't hate it here it was okay (laughs) there you go if you hate jazz and you don't really listen to funk this might still be for you yeah you might still might like it it's um it's a bit it's a bit different i I love the uh the, the taglines that you know Steve comes up with on this show. <laughs> you know, they're going to go in the back of the CD. I don't hate it. Normally I hate jazz. I don't hate this. <laughs> I, it's, I don't hate jazz. I love jazz. Um, but New jazz, you said. Yeah, when you get into like, like newer, like fusion, like acid jazz, that's not, not new anymore. Yeah. But you, you know, want, like, you want, that's, that's you want, not new at all. It's not want, new at all. You, you want the Duke. You want Duke Ellington. You want, uh, you want to take the A train. Yeah. I, I tend to prefer instrumental jazz. Mm. So um, this is, uh, you know, that this kind of, it scratches that instrumental jazz thing. 
and it, it doesn't devolve completely into nonsense, which a lot of newer jazz does. It's that thing Lisa Simpson says on the Simpsons episode of the jazz concert where she's like, you can't, don't listen to what the notes she is playing. Listen to the notes she's not playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> jazz. This does remind me, I'd like to go back to the Rex though. It's been a long time since I've been there. And I'd like to go to New Orleans. Oh, there you go. Yeah, me too. I'll go. Road trip, Steve? Pack up a ghost. <laughs> <Maybe> someday. <laughs> we're, we're taking the pod on the road. On right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some clothes on. So, Richard, right. is there is there anything else by, by Corey Wong that you recommend? Like, any of his previous oh, work? Just the whole, the whole it's thing? All, it's all good. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking all, through the album list. There's a, quite a bit of stuff here, because obviously he's 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 done work on, on a variety of different things, but uh, prolific. he's been making a lot of music, at least over the last few years. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely want to check out some more of that. Because it was fun. I was playing it in the car, and my fiance was da dancing around, and she was really enjoying it, too. It's great car music. Yeah. And if you're a big Chromeo fan, here you go. <laughs> All two of you. Wherever you may be. <laughs> All right, what's what are we going to talk about next? Uh, let's let's uh, I'll I'll hit with Arcade Fire Funeral. I've I've been just delaying recently, so I'll just jump into it this right. time. Um, it's the the, the first major release by Arcade Fire, um, came out in the grand year 2004. Um, it's, uh, it's a really the, good the year, the year of our Lord, 2004. Yeah, the year of our Lord, 2004. <laughs> um, you, you'll find it on a lot. It's like, it's, it was, it was full of singles, you know, it, it, it had, you know, lots of airplay. Um, it, you know, it, They've had a pretty good career after that. Um, it's it's a really good, like it's it's a really influential, I think is the right word, album, and it's one that I I really like, and I I thought I would toss out there. It's like it's like me going for Neutral Milk Hotel the other week, but instead popular. Yeah. <laughs> so you can definitely hear the influence, and and I know they cite. No, neutral milk hotel is an influence of theirs but you can definitely hear it in their music um i would i would say they have the same store sort of uh um what's what's the what's the word i wanted to use for this um it it's a little bit nonsensical but it also comes across as being um i'm just gonna say deep but what's the other what's the word i wanted to use Anyway, very, very profound. like profound. Yeah, <laughs> profound. Like it's, it's like profound nonsense. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Very much like Neutral Milk Hotel in that. Like the, Neutral Milk Hotel is all nonsense all the time. So, yeah. and it's it's like poetic nonsense. Yeah. Um, yeah. which I which I really like. And this, you're right. This is absolutely. This is also. Um, I find this is like. It feels like it's full of stories. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, the one yeah. French track, Une année sans lumière. Yeah, Une année sans lumière. Yeah. Doesn't that just mean a year without light? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, they're they're like they're from Montreal. Of course, it makes sense. They didn't put in a French track in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it sounds like there's a lot of stories, but they're told in a roundabout way that nobody other than them would get. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of fair. Like, but like yeah. tunnels, it's like you know two yeah. kids and the bedrooms <laughs> build a tunnel and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. like as like a family and you know. Uh, they're you know talking about their you know different kids in the family and you know that and their their relations and stuff like that. Um, yeah. uh, it's no, it's it's and it, this is it's very Arcade Fire in that they have four four songs with the same title um, and then they just sort of mm-hmm. give it like a subtitle. <laughs> Neighborhood one tunnels two like a three power out and four seven kettles. Yeah, yeah, Which, it's, uh, yeah. They they do again on the suburbs. Yeah, and they do it on like every album. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe not every album, but a lot of albums. <laughs> yeah. Neon, yeah. Neon Bible, they didn't. They didn't do it on Neon Bible. No. But on, on the suburbs, they certainly did. On their newer album, they have all the, the old Lightning One, Two. Or, oh, right. You know, yeah. You know, that stuff. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I guess that's, that's just their, you know, affectation, their pretension there. But, um, no, but I, like, I find I love like this is just a I love just listening to this album like it's the tracks are interesting the lyrics are interesting um some of the styles are like I really enjoy like I I really enjoy Crown of Love yeah I think it's a great song song. and a lot of times they'll, they'll have a slower song like um Crown of Love or Wake Up and then they'll play it until like three quarters of the way through, and then they just up the tempo, and then I like, add in like a, you know a, a drum line, and then they they just kind of jam it out. <laughs> they do that definitely do that on both Crown of Love and Wake Up. Uh, Wake Up, it's it's, it's, just, it's epic, you know, you know like the guy's like, like oh, 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 you know, it's just it's like like a wall of you know sound it's it's and it's like really melodic um really catchy i really enjoy it um i i like the french interspersed in it because you know i i you know it's just and it's it changes your gears a little bit and that's that's always been an arcade fire thing too. throw some french in for kicks mm-hmm. so they're a very interesting band and their compositions are just entertaining and varied and yeah they're huge there's so many of them yeah Yeah. it's insane there's like you know you see them on stage and there's like 73 of them just like crowded around a stage each playing a kazoo or something (laughs) they're all nuts but it's i I think it's weird it's pretentious it's really artsy but it works for me it also conveys, and maybe this is a different way of saying what Richard was getting at earlier. It conveys like a sense of very careful and deliberate structure. Like everything was, they labored over where to put everything and how to structure everything. Um, Produce shit out of it. Yeah, not really overproduced, but you can tell with with music like this where there's a lot going on. Um, maybe compared Composition. to neutral. 
Yeah, composition and maybe Neutral Milk Hotel is a good contrast and NMH feels a lot more, a lot more loose, a lot more chaotic and just like... Neutral Milk Hotel doesn't care if they sound bad. Yeah. They just <laughs> do it. Like, like they're yeah. off key, they're, they're missing notes, and they just... Hours stuff, just stuff just happening, whereas this, this is yeah. very much like... A, especially for an indie rock album at the time, pushing about also pushing the boundaries of what I guess people considered non major label music could be in the ambition and the craftsmanship put into it. Um, this was like, I had never really heard any non singles arcade fire before listening to this. I think that's the thing that struck out most to me um, going through the album was you can tell how much care and how talented everyone in this band is by just like listening to the album straight through. I also really, really like rebellion. Now Uh, my appreciation, my appreciation for that song went up tremendously. Whereas I think like power out um, went down a little bit in my, in my opinion, which is kind of funny to funny to see, but yeah, I will be checking out more arcade fire now is they previously they were kind of just a band on my periphery i suppose um but yeah and like the the track haiti is you know it's uh she's singing about her family in haiti and the dictatorship there and you know like it's it's a pretty heavy song Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's um it's it's well done i think like i really like it it was the suburbs that won the unexpected grammy right or was it this? I have no idea. I never know who you ever know, won a Grammy. Yeah, I, I feel Ar- like that. Sorry, go ahead. Arcade, yeah, Arcade Fire won a Grammy for Best Rock Album or Album of the Year one year. And there was a lot of um, press at the time, mostly from the American side, being like, who are Arcade Fire? Who is this? Like, what just happened? Who is this band? Um, I think it might be Suburbs. Maybe. I want to say because I don't see anything about the Grammy win on yeah. the Wikipedia yeah, page. Suburbs. Yeah, mm-hmm. Suburbs won a Grammy, and everyone in the states was like, "Who the hell is this band? <laughs> what just happened?" I feel kind of like about Grammys. I feel kind of like The Simpsons. Ooh, an award statue! <laughs> oh, it's a Grammy! <laughs> exactly. So I think I may have had a, a slightly different. Um, uh, experience with this album I've, I've never really been a huge arcade fire fan i think the artsy sort of style um, never really clicked with me um listening to this one like I, I can agree with what craig said about um the uh like respecting the the skills of the of the artists and and the performers um i just don't know if the songs are really speaking to me i was having trouble really connecting with them uh, i also thought rebellion was pretty good um I, I wasn't really feeling tunnels when it like I was like this is the first like it, it wasn't really connecting with me as like the first track on the album. Um, like I said before, I like the one with the the uh, the, the French track, uh, the, the third one in. But I don't know. I I, I still don't think I'm an Arcade Fire fan. Um, I, I mean, maybe I haven't been exposed to enough of it. Uh, like I, I that's what I like about this this show is that. It's giving me a chance to really re reevaluate a lot of that, and 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 maybe I just need to continue to listen to more of their stuff and see if what it is that I'm not really connecting with. Maybe it's the lyrics, maybe it's the 
the tone. Each of their albums is quite different too. Um, mm-hmm. Neon Bible, uh, they they have they can sound really artsy and they and you know you know melodic and pretentious and all that good stuff, or they'll sound like Bruce Springsteen. Mm. <laughs> and, and they have songs like "Keep the Car Running" that I would swear to God was a Bruce Springsteen song. So, I okay. mean, they, they, they kind of have different sides to them. Yeah, so I think it definitely means I just need to experience some more of it. I don't I don't think this album particularly clicked with me, but I can definitely respect and appreciate what they were putting together here, for sure. It's also totally fine to have certain bands that are totally singles bands for you. I have, yeah. a, number, I have a number of artists where their singles happen to have specific elements that really click with me, but everything outside of that is like, meh, take it or leave it. Every, you know, like every now and again, you do something that I really like, but outside of that, meh. And it's I totally cool. I always felt that way about Bush. Yeah. I think most people I, like, felt we, that way about Bush. <laughs> but I, but I, no, a lot of people didn't like, didn't care for them much at all. But I actually really liked their singles. I thought the singles were always very catchy. <laughs> Very um, well put together, really very good. interesting. Sorry, what's that? The 16 Stone singles are really good. Yeah, they're, 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 they're super tight, and there's lots of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's Everything Zen, uh, you know, uh, Little Things, Machine Head, yeah. uh, Glycerine, and Come Down, right? Yeah. Um, but every other track on that album is just shit. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's not a good album outside of those tracks. Yeah, so I, I think if, yeah, that's I think thing. maybe the case yeah to, I was trying to convey to Mike is less that like bands don't do anything good outside of their singles, but more every now and again a band will align to like something you like, mm-hmm. and that's totally cool. Um, yeah, and I think Arcade Fire definitely does that because Rebellion has an amazing hook and is like S tier pop song um, or like alt rock hell song. Of a hook. Yes. And that's cool. If you're like, Hey, I like that. You, whenever you write, you know, when that band writes, it's popular stuff. You're totally into that. That's cool. I like a song with a good hook. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy like, well, I'm going to say something controversial here. I, I do not enjoy the hip. And but I, I work is, is it because you're a communist? <laughs> I, I, I think I think that the hip would probably fall in the category of uh, I do enjoy some of their singles. I think I think that's where that's where they would they would fall. Yeah. But even trying to listen, I dare to you to be Canadian and not like a single hip song. I dare you. I think yeah, no, I, impossible, but I will say that I maybe for different reasons was historically in the same boat as Mike, where the hip hit just far enough before I became a teenager that they were like, not dad rock, but they were <laughs> the previous generations, yeah. like Canadian rock band to me that I was like, you are, you don't have an edge. You are kind of lame. You've got one or two songs that I like, but otherwise, you know, my bands are over here. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. I think day for night hit when I was in grade 10 or 11 and that was so you know i've you know fully completely and then day for night and then mm. you know it was just and those are two really strong albums to release back to back uh and I, I remember 
uh, nautical disaster was everywhere. Yeah, that was the and first I song I ever heard. Love that song. <laughs> like I think it's I, I unabashedly seen, love that song. <laughs> I, I saw them perform live several times, and they, I always loved their, them in concert. I've only seen them once. I did saw them on that the fully completely tour, and it was so good. That is the aspect I did miss out on. And then I imagine my opinion would be changed by, especially like mm -hmm. if older Craig somehow could go back and watch it, see a hip show live. Yeah. Yeah. And I then, say... I mean, I, I like later in high school, I guess, I think I was in, you know, grade 12 or OAC or something. And when uh, Trouble in the Handhouse came out and, you know, I had by a century was everywhere. And that's, that's just a great song to, you that know, is, that's my favorite for, song for, for a Canadian summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's so good. So, I, I mean, I feel like just the, 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 the time that those albums were coming out just aligned perfectly for me, perfectly for me to really dig the hip. <laughs> that's crazy, because that's a difference of two years between us in yeah. age. And sometimes that, that's yeah. just enough for, like, pop culture um, tastes to shift mm -hmm. or yeah. you, know, you, you latch onto something else. That's coming out. Yeah, I'm I'm the same age as you and Mike though, so and I love the hip. Yeah, but you're also from uh, from out east. <laughs> you said, I'm thankful you said that, Steve, so I didn't have to. Bowmanville is out east to me. <laughs> I didn't mean how yeah, all the way out east. <laughs> That's also a good way of putting it too. That's a good euphemism that I haven't really heard before. Yeah. Uh, Referring to like the sticks is out east. <laughs> West is a six too. <laughs> All right, so should we talk to the next one? Yeah, let's move along. Maybe we'll do some Hamilton. Sure. sure. Hit us with Hamilton. All right. So anyway. yeah. So um, this sort of came from a discussion we had on a previous episode about how um, a, a previous contributor to the show would bring you guys like musicals uh, to listen to. And I was like, well, you know, uh, unfortunately, he's not able to join us for these recordings, but uh, I'll, I'll step up and I'll bring us some musical stuff. Uh, with because he has one other podcasts that he does now. The massive podcasting empire that he's running. <laughs> he would, too he would have, too cool for us. He would have chosen actual Hamilton rather than the mixtape. <laughs> well, I decided I, I wanted the mixtape to be a little bit of a gateway drug. But... Um, so Hamilton is this massive sensation that came out. Uh, everybody, if you haven't listened to it, you've at least heard of it. And um, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. If you haven't heard of it, you've been living under a rock. Yes. Um, the, the the show itself is fantastic. It's available on Disney Plus uh, to watch. Um, uh, you know, there was a time where it was impossible to get tickets to go see a show like that. Like it was just massive. It was a, 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 a the story of Alexander Hamilton and uh, the American revolution. And um, uh, it was, it was told through sort of like a hip hop lens and, and it sort of skewed some of the, the um, styles that you would expect to go along with, with that sort of era. Um, and, and so um, it, it, it really made uh, history kind of cool you know, as you were listening to it and enjoying the music. And so I, I was a huge, huge fan of, of the musical, uh, listening through the music way before um, I was able to actually see the show on uh, on on um, Disney+. Plus. Uh, still haven't seen it live. Love to someday. Um, 
but uh, back in, in 2016, they came out with the Hamilton mixtape, which was uh, an, an album inspired by and including a lot of the songs from um, the Hamilton musical. Uh, not all the songs, but uh, a good number of them, especially the, the more popular ones. And they've been re-recorded by uh, famous artists. Um, just throwing a few out there. Uh, you know, we got Ben Folds. We got... Uh, uh, Shanti and Ja Rule. We got um, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, Wiz Khalifa. The roots are all over this album. Jimmy Fallon playing, playing King George the <laughs> Third. Yeah. Uh, we got um, uh, Usher does the the one song that's really really good. Um, uh, there's a there's a whole bunch of really great stuff on this album. Uh, it's a fun one to listen to, especially if you're a Hamilton fan, because. You know the the you'd be familiar with the music anyway, and sort of listening to uh, the music uh, from the perspective of maybe a different artist or a different way of, of listening to it um, or a different way of, of presenting it. Like the song "My Shot" doesn't follow the lyrics uh, from the musical at all, uh, but it takes the same theme: the idea that you're not going to give up on your opportunity, right? When when it uh, when it appears, right? But doubt, I picked up a pen and I wrote my way. I picked up the pen like Hamilton. So, um, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this. Um, the only the only thing that that I thought maybe didn't work quite as well is um, some of the songs felt like they were a little bit more um, the the lyrics were a little bit more general, so it, it didn't really feel like it needed to be within the context of the show. Whereas uh, a few of the songs did have you know references to alexander hamilton or to a militia or to commanding troops and things like that uh which which is kind of kind of neat but it's it's sort of uh um i felt there was a contrast there where you would listen to one song it's like oh yeah that could, the song could just be a pop song on the radio and then you listen to another one and you're like oh this is definitely a song from that show involving that particular storyline yeah um, there so were there was a couple of songs in there that were like i think there are songs that might have been axed from the musical for time yeah which was which were really cool yeah yeah there were some demo demo tracks that um um uh, lin-manuel had put together and didn't end up in the musical and man, that yeah. guy can write that guy can write a, a a rap verse for sure oh god he's it's like I'm, I'm not a you know i'm not a huge rap fan personally it's not my my genre but i i think Ham, the hamilton musical is absolutely amazing i love it mm. i think it's fantastic um, um and as a my 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 kind of real comment about this is i, w- I would listen to it and there's the mixtape and there's some interesting stuff on there and some stuff that was you know reimagined or, or modernized stuff like that and i kept thinking i wish i was listening to hamilton yeah <laughs> like i wish i was listening to the actual show right now because i that that would be that would be better but, but I mean that—that's not to knock the album and say it sucked. Uh, but the show is phenomenal, and some of the songs were, you know, they're good. Now, if you were now, if, if if you were like presenting this to somebody who maybe wasn't a fan of musicals, um, and 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 you maybe showed them the mixtape and they liked some of the tracks on it, do you think that could lead someone into being maybe a little bit more interested in actually experiencing the the musical? Interesting question. Um. Honestly, I think the musical is strong enough to stand on its own feet. Okay, fair enough. I don't think I don't think it needs a gateway. I think if I think anyone could could really enjoy it. It's it's like a story 
told it's a historical story but it's a story to- told in a very interesting way using lots of you know good modern references and you know musical styles and and the like um and it's it's the way it's put together is it's genius it's really good mm-hmm. so like I, I if i was trying to make people get people into musicals in general i might make them listen to this and then go on to other ones mm. Like I, I think this is just a really good gateway in and of itself. Um, unlike, say, "Love Never Dies" that Eric Mandis listened to, <laughs> which is not a good musical and not a gateway to anything except maybe hell. <laughs> and maybe never want to go back to Coney Island. <laughs> Goodbye, my Coney Island babe. <laughs> so that that's my opinion on this. Like there were things I enjoyed, like uh, both of the versions of Dear Theodosia on here from um, you know Ben Folds and Regina Spector and from Chancellor Rapper uh, were, were really neat. They were really good. They were well done. They sounded really good. Um, and I, I really enjoyed hearing like the the you know the the cut cabinet battles and stuff like that. The, the conversation about slavery and things like that really interesting and 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 fun to hear. Um, so it was it was definitely worth listening to, um, but yeah, I I you know just listen to Hamilton. I've never heard anything from the actual musical, and I haven't seen the actual musical. The so musical. Was, Do you have Disney musical. Plus? Uh, yeah. Your homework tonight, after we're done the show, is to watch <laughs> Hamilton. Go watch Hamilton. <laughs> All three hours of it. <laughs> yes, dear. Two in the morning rolls around. Um, worth it. <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll go to bed a uh, happy man, <laughs> and wake up a tired tired parent. Um, <laughs> that would happen. I th- one interesting point about for your comment, Mike, about would this being a gateway for people who don't like musicals? So I in general don't like musicals, but I think for very specific reasons that tend to tend to align with like the music in the traditional like musicals music which also follows the same tropes um, is always happy and is always like well-constructed according to Western music theory principles, which kind of means it's all boring. Like there's no edge to any of it. I I probably like we've, I've probably had the discussion with like some of you in the past of like, especially it was especially noticeable when I saw rent of like, they're having these super serious songs about AIDS and people dying. Everyone has AIDS. And then, then underneath that is this like, fuck yeah, yeah. And then underneath underneath that scene is this super polished, well written musical, like traditional musicals music. And for me, there's always been, yeah, there's always been this large disconnect between when a musical is trying to be gritty and the music is never gritty. Um, And I think Hamilton gets around that. Yeah, it bypasses that by just like using um, hip hop. Not following R&B. any musical tropes for the yeah. for musicals. Yeah, the hell with all that. Um, yeah. I remember talking, having a discussion with this with Eric, the um, the former member that Mike was talking about before. He recommended to me um, Hedwig and the Angry Itch as another musical that um, does have grittier music which I think was a 70s or 80s musical that uses a lot of glam and punk yeah. in its music. I've its heard a lot about Hedwig. I've never, seen, I've never seen 
Hedwig and and Grange, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, Yeah. I haven't even heard of that. I'm interested now. Yeah. Um, So I think just based on the type of music it uses as its base, um, Hamilton is probably a good, very good intro for people who don't like or for whom like the traditional tropes of musicals annoy you. Um, Absolutely. Flip side of this is having zero context into the actual musical. I treated this as basically just a hip hop album and it was still super enjoyable. I really liked it. I mean, what what was your favorite, what was your standout track, right? Uh, Oh dear. There were a lot of really good hooks. Where's the one with um, immigrants? We get the job done. Was I love yeah. the attitude, the attitude and the swagger and it's got, on that. And it's got Kanan and Riz Ahmed. I love. Riz I don't know Ahmed. who Riz Ahmed on that. Okay. Um, you remember Ill Manners? Yes. Oh God, yeah. That takes oh. me back. The mo- the movie the movie Ill Manners Riz Ahmed plays the the um he plays the narrator. Oh, okay. It. He's in he's yeah. he's also an actor. He's also he's also the um if you watch uh Star Wars um what's the name of it? The one where they steal the plans for the Death Star? Rogue One. Uh, Rogue, Rogue One, yeah, yeah. Rogue One. He yeah. he plays the uh the the defector. Oh, oh, I knew cool. it. oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, like, um, wrote my way out. I really like that one. Yeah, I wish there was some DM. You need to watch Hamilton. Yeah. I, I <laughs> like how Lin, Lin Manuel has like a track, like a, a verse in in that one too. Like he just, mm-hmm. you know, he appears on a few of these. Mm-hmm. The random Kelly Clarkson is still a bit jarring. But... <laughs> She doesn't know I think every about. album needs random Kelly Clarkson. Come on. <laughs> I the whole star. thing was, was very stylistically disparate. Like it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that, that's, I mean, so is the musical, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of okay. But they were probably just like, well, what's our favorite tracks from this musical? Who, who can we get to, to, uh, to record them? Yeah. And let's just throw them on an album and see if we can sell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not. It, I don't think it was uh, like when we look at albums in the, on this show. In the in the case of like what what was their theme? What were they going for? What, how do they want to start? How do they want to end? Um, this one doesn't even feel like it follows the chronological story of the of the musical. No, it's it? all over the place. Yeah, it was fun trying to piece together oh, the plot true. of the musical um, from the mixtape and getting little bits and pieces of okay, there was some like affair. That happened, and then like how much? How much American Hamilton's history do you know? <laughs> I'm terrible with history. I'm an uncultured yeah. Luddite. Yeah, very only. My yeah, geography I mean, I and think... my history are both terrible. I I don't think Luddites avoid history. But you know, um, no, uh, this this is. I mean, it, it tells the story clearly enough. Um, it's it's reasonably accurate. So you know, you can learn something. There we go. I was going to say, I think it's interesting for them to tell the story of, of Alexander Hamilton in hip hop, which is kind of an anti-establishment style of music. Not so much now as it was when it was early in its early days. Uh, and it's the story of anti-establishment in the, in the 
formation of uh, a new country back when mm-hmm. there was a new country and wasn't the establishment. Honestly, the the best parts. I mean, the whole thing is really good, but the best parts of Hamilton are when the king comes out and sings. Oh, he's so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> and and I remember hearing a, a story of when um, was it Prince Harry uh, came to actually see him and, and Meghan or whatever came to see the musical. Oh. And uh, and and they were like, um, are we are we going to be performing this for the actual royalty? And uh, and apparently uh, they they came up on stage afterwards and 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 he congratulated them. And then he and then he started singing. He uh, the 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 part uh, that the king sings. Like Prince Harry did. Yeah, I, I got to look up exactly who did it. Maybe Prince. Oh, I don't think it was Prince William. Uh, I'll look that up. You guys keep talking. Sounds like more of a Harry thing to do. It, it does seem more more of a Harry. Thing yeah, to do. it was Prince Harry. It says, uh, it says, uh, Prince Harry Harry. Wows, wows the crowds by singing at Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he was singing um, the, the very beginning of that You'll Be Back song. So that's, that's awesome. It's, um, it's good. <laughs> good job, Harry. All right, so we talk some Blue Man. Blue Man yeah, group. Let's, let's, let's jump into the Blue Man group. Uh, by the way, listen, I, I think our takeaway from this. Watch Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So good. <laughs> Looking at Musical you, Craig. For people who hate musicals, I actually have okay, to double check if I still have Disney Plus. Okay, but, but you, but <laughs> but Craig, you have, you have a wife that loves musicals. This is true. And so I've what seen her, what, so what, what are her thoughts on Hamilton? I don't think she's seen Hamilton yet. What? <laughs> okay, she has to. We have to make it a date night. You can make it a thing. Yep. It's such a good movie. It's such like the, the the recording is awesome because it's a Broadway recording. Like they actually recorded the original Broadway cast before before they were finished their run. Before they all started leaving. Yeah. So you got the original Broadway cast recording, and it's it's just gorgeous. Yeah. They did a great like, job. You need you need Lin Manuel Miranda in there. Like yeah. it's imp- it's important that he be Hamilton. So yeah. Uh, so he, he's good on the original cast, and uh, Jonathan Groff is the king. Is yeah, is perfect. Lin Manuel Miranda has too much talent. I, I mean, enjoy it. Don't <laughs> don't hate him for it. Makes me sad at my life's accomplishments or lack thereof. Not everyone can be Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, come on, Craig. How many musicals have you written by this point? Is it possible to have a negative number for that answer? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you can actually actively destroy musicals. Craig is shouting to Lin-Manuel Miranda's Mozart. Sorry. <laughs> what was that, Steve? I think Craig is Salieri to Lin-Manuel Miranda's Mozart. See, yeah. I didn't even get that reference. Yeah. I was your Music nerd joke. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um... But Blue Man Group is actually a very good segue as we go from one style of theater to a completely different one, which is much more of multimedia style theater. And Blue Man Group's The Complex, which I think also came out in 2003 or 2004. So it's kind of been like a... 2003, I think. Yeah, 2003. Good times. Um, So Blue Man Group, I think most of our listeners have seen some usage of them in pop culture. They are the men that are ostensibly all painted in blue. They wear black turtlenecks and outfits 
and are kind of stylized as like aliens or creatures that don't really understand Western and human things. So they kind of have this childlike um, wonder about normal everyday objects. And that is a large part of the stage show. Um, I first, I actually was able to see Blue Man Group at their Toronto engagement, which lasted for a hot minute on Young Street um, between 2005 and 2007. Um, that, that's what made me a fan of the group. Um, a friend of mine at the time, shout out to Ken and Yi, uh, got me tickets and was like to a bunch of friends, Hey, you want to go see Blue Man? So we did. And the rest is history. Fun fact about that engagement, the basis for I'm Other Earth was part of that show. So that's how he got work when I Mother Earth was not active. Fun fact. Um, I'm just, I'm just also, picturing him at an I Mother Earth performance of completely in blue. Well, the members of the... So the only people in blue are like... The, the, the three guys, right? The three yeah. guys. And then the backing like band, band is... Behind all, them, yeah. yeah, all the band is just regular, regular, you know, regularly dressed. Um, I also did not know before doing the research for this episode that Cirque du Soleil purchased Blue Man Group in 2017. Blue... Blue Man Group is a Canadian-owned thing, which is pretty cool. It's pronounced bleu. <laughs> bleu. Bleu. Merde, il pleut. Anyway, yeah. So besides the the um, personality of being um, amused and kind of you know taken aback by regular stuff. The other thing Blue Man is known for is their improvised instruments. So using like PVC tubes, um, big sticks, big bendable sticks that they wave back and forth to make that like whooshy noise. Um, they'll take a grand or a baby grand piano, take the top off of it, and then hit the strings with a giant mallet. That's what they do in the song Piano Smasher from this album. Um, if you watch concert videos, you can see them doing that. Um, so that's where a lot of their other appeal comes from is this unique sound and very percussion based sound that they have of like hitting pipes and, you know, using random objects um, for, to make music. Um, kind of, kind of would, stompish. Like kind of like yeah, stomp. Stomp, but more melodic because even yeah. though, all, yeah, even though all of their stuff involves hitting things, like they will fit two PVC tubes together so they can do kind of trombone style effect of elongating and contracting the tube to change the pitch. So it's really neat. interesting that way. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend a blue man group show to anyone. It is fantastic family friendly entertainment. Um, there's lots of color. There's the music's really good. Um, it is a complete like multimedia experience. There's like shit on a video projector. There's, I do. Um, I do have a question. What's that? Because you, you saw you saw them live. Yeah. I noticed that a lot of the the tracks on this album have featured artists. Um, how would how do they deal with that in concert? I don't think they they'd show up. To yeah. Each other. So I think for select appearances, they will have the featured artists. Otherwise, like someone else in the touring group does the vocals. At that point. Or, or Dave Matthews, we're gonna need you for the next uh, sixteen weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't know if Dave Matthews this. is doing anything right now, so maybe we could hire Dave Matthews yeah, for like this... a sixteen-week engagement. <laughs> There's names here I haven't heard in a while. You know, Dave yeah. Matthew, Tracy Bonham, Estero. 
Well, this in 2003, this is like, I imagine all of the, the three main guys behind Blue Man Group, their favorite, like, alternative artists from the yeah, 90s. Yeah, Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> yeah, Estero, Estero and Tracy Bonham is, like, pulling from the B and C tier alternative list. Oh, I, I hadn't much. thought of Estero in so long. <laughs> yep. Um, last thing I'll say as a kind of preamble to this particular album is... The stage show that accompanies this, the theme is all about like deconstructing rock concerts, which is why you get all these numbers that are like rock concert move, movement yeah. number X. And it yeah. explains like a standard thing you do at a rock concert, like pump your fist or yell, hey, when you know the, the lead singer tells you to and stuff well, like if that. You, if you have your attention, yell. <laughs> yeah. that goes. At the beginning of the show, there's this preamble about like, they get a manual for what to do at a rock concert. And the rest of the show kind of follows that instruction manual of like, you're at a rock concert. Here's what you do. In addition to the other songs that have the guest singers that are about other themes and things. Rock concert movement number one. The basic head bob. Ready, go. Anywho, what did y'all think about Blue Man Group at the Complex? Fun. It was it was it was very the whole now album sounds. I mean, it's from two thousand and three. It sounds late nineties throwback. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're getting those guest featured guest stars. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it sounds and it sounds like what it is like you know. It's like a, a, a good backing band with interesting percussion and, you know, some artists of a particular style kind of doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very listenable. I like the covers. The White Rabbit cover was, was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, the I Feel Love cover was good. My favorite song on the album, though, was Persona. Mm-hmm. I, thought it was gr- yeah. I thought it was great. That was a fantastic song. Yeah, it was it was like it was like a cut above the rest of it. The rest of it was fun, kind of you know, easily digestible sort of, uh, you know, alternative contemporary <laughs> music. Uh, but that one there was just a, a kick and track. Do you miss something if you if you didn't see the stage show? Like I also really enjoyed the Thank album, you. but I've I've never seen them per, perform live. Like, is it? Does it require that visual to like, uh, are, are we only getting part of the performance? It's no? additive. Okay. Okay. Like, here is a special case because there's like, there's that rock concert deconstruction element where having the video means you get more, it basically like makes it more interactive, but that's about it. Okay. It doesn't make the music worse or like really better. It just makes it more probably immersive is a better word. Okay. Um, but the the stage shows are also not not just music. Like they bring people up on stage and they'll do like visual gags or things like that. Um, they'll pretend to like put a camera down someone's throat um, and have the video footage of it playing on the big screen. Um, so I don't, I don't think like just listening to the music is an inferior experience. I would say like the stage show is just additive. And there's two other there's yeah, two other think. Blue Man Group albums. There's one before this and one after that I don't think are as tied as much to like the theme of whatever stage show they correspond to. 
Yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed this this quite a bit. Uh, I agree with with Steve quite a bit uh, on his the the, the the '90s throwback feel, uh, especially with some of the artists that they had, he had they had performing. I found myself humming along like to, to some of the the riffs from like Persona, and um, uh, I found that the the current was a little darker than I expected it to be, but it was a good good track. Uh, the complex itself, like the the title track, was quite quite good. I had a lot of fun listening to that, but I had never heard any Blue Man Group stuff before this. So for me, it was completely new. Turned it on, had my headphones on. I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" Like, I this, I like this a lot. So um, yeah, of the stuff we listened to, I guess I was going to say this week, but over the past month, I guess <laughs> while we were waiting to record, uh, I think I think this is probably my favorite of of them. Like, I I did enjoy all of the albums, sort of for different reasons and stuff, but I I. I I really, really enjoyed the Blue Man Group stuff. So now all you need to do is get some PVC pipes and table tennis paddles, and you got a weekend project with the kids. Make nice. <laughs> Annoy my neighbors. <laughs> Important. Richard. I really like this album. I've liked it for years. Uh, I got to see them perform as well uh, in Ottawa on a New Year's Eve 2011 i think nice uh at the national arts center and it was like completely impromptu thing i was there with my ex uh we were just celebrating new year's eve in the capital and um looking for something to do brought up online what's happening at the national arts center um we were down we were just down the road and having dinner at the time from there and i said oh cool blue man groups playing there Want to go see it? Sure, let's do it. So we got tickets and went to the show like half an hour later. And, <laughs> oh wow! Uh, Amazing and loved it. It was it was a really fun show. Uh, great energy. They had like big giant balls, like inflatable balls that were bouncing around in the audience, and like confetti and stuff shooting out of things. And uh, and the stage show was great. So. Uh, that kind of adds to it. Like Craig said, it's additive. And if you've experienced that, it makes the music more fun. But uh, just listening to the album too is great. And it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's listenable. It definitely does. I know what you're saying about it feeling kind of dated in some ways. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun instrumentation. And hey, I like dated. That's true. You do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a positive comment for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's also very effective, like minimal instrumentation. I think that's another thing that yeah. really struck me the first time when I when I sat through the show, or not sat through. That makes it sound like I didn't enjoy it. When I saw the <laughs> show. Your arms are crossed. This is artsy horseshit. Um, <laughs> I was really taking like there's. The guitar, the traditional instruments are not playing that much aside from like the drums, because I think the, the live band sometimes has two or three extra drummers. Um, but yeah, like there's really minimal guitar in this and it's really effectively used. That's another thing I really like about this album is, you know, it's got a very cool minimalist vibe in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah. So. That was a good talk. So what are we thinking for uh, for next time? Does anyone have albums in mind? Yes. No, yes, I've got one too. All right. Throw them out, throw them out there, guys. 
So I've had a string of well-received albums on this revival part of the show. This so you're going to choose something we're going to hate. Yeah, <laughs> the continue. Um, we are going to go back to Ma- Mike's magical journey through the world of heavy metal. Uh, oh, okay, here we go. With one of the angriest albums you will ever hear. Uh, 1997's Strapping Young, or City, by the oh. band Strapping Young Lad. Another Devin Townsend. Devin Townsend. Yep. Okay. Strapping, strapping young lad. Okay. Yep. I'm I'm recording it, so we won't we'll have it. Okay. Um, Michael, you seem to have something that you. Um... Yeah. <clears throat> I I have recently got back into uh, a band that I've I've actually a duo that I've enjoyed for quite a while, and I I, I decided you know because of the show I wanted to listen through their entire album, and I did just recently. And Is it uh, no, <laughs> um, but I do want you guys to listen to it as well. They're a great duo from New Zealand, Flight of the Concords. Oh, the, the you, the, you, thank you. Flight of the Concords. We're going to do their their debut album. Uh, it's just called Flight of the Concords. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. This is going to. And it's be funny too. We haven't done a lot of comedy type stuff yet. Uh, um, so there's a lot of funny stuff in this album. You know. When I'm just down to my socks, what time it is? <laughs> it's business time. <laughs> That's why I call them business socks. There's no fun of the Concords, but they are the greatest. <laughs> Light of the Concords right. bring that's like under undergraduate nostalgia for me. Nice. Well. I think mostly because of Richard and Mike. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> what do you got? I'm going for Depeche Mode because of the news that their keyboard has passed away. Oh, what album? Um, uh, I'm debating between music for the masses and songs in faith and devotion. I'll go with I'll go for you guys for music for the masses because there's a big one, pretty pretty big, pretty big hits on there. Probably the biggest album they did. Yeah, it's huge. Sounds but good. all their albums I... are fantastic. Okay, good choice. I have a couple I would have been tossing back and forth. The first one I was thinking was Rage Against the Machine self-titled album, Ooh. which is Driving Down Rodeo with a Shotgun. No, that's Evil Empire. <laughs> oh, crap. I got the wrong one in that one. <laughs> if you do Evil Empire, I actually like Evil Empire more. So if you do Evil Empire, like yes. The other one I was thinking was... Um, a uh, whole live through this. Oh, it's a hard choice. <laughs> I, I, they're both great choices. Look I, I'm gonna. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna for... choose, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire. Because... Okay, that's good. I've never that's heard good. Rage Against the Machine, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I've also Evil been Empire. on that. You got your bulls on parade, and it's got, yeah. you know, uh, it's, it's a good. I've also album, been on the so. big Rage Kick recently. Steve okay, okay. This, 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 is a, this is another uh, very, very unique group of albums <laughs> we're going to be listening to. They, they always yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> they always this are. This is going to be fun. Okay. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening with us for another episode of Great Music. Hope you, you, keep safe. See you on the next one. Yeah. yeah. Take care. Peace.